sorry I wanted to so desperately put together a nice Christmas sermon for you and the Holy Ghost had a different plan. But I can tell you that what I feel to preach today, I believe is... And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David... Have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying this, According to your faith, be it unto you. Everybody say, according to your faith. According to your faith, or the measure of your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, see that no man know it. And they did not keep that charge for immediately they turned around and began to broadcast it throughout the city and letting people know what God or Jesus had done for them. Praise the Lord. And I'm just, I'm just bubbling over today because I feel like God is ministering to me. This is a message I needed today, and I hope that this is a message you need as well. I'm just going to preach for a little bit on this. According to your faith. According to your faith. Why don't you look to somebody next to you and ask him, are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Praise God. If they didn't smile at you, why don't you go ahead and pray for them for a minute? And uh, hallelujah. But if they smiled at you, said yes, then you can be seated. Uh, praise the Lord. I am just thankful for the presence of God that I feel here today and what the Lord is about to do. This morning, I felt just an impress on my spirit to talk about faith. And yes, I know, again, Christmas is coming up and maybe doing something a little lighter, but God seems to want to speak to his people today. This passage of scripture, these two blind men, they followed Jesus Christ. There are a couple steps that they took that reflected and showed their faith in Jesus. First, they followed after Jesus, and they cried out to Jesus. I still believe that following after Jesus is a sign of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I still believe crying out to the Lord is appropriate, showing our faith that yes, we believe if I should pray, he will make it happen. How many of you know that if you cry to the Lord, he will answer your prayers? Praise God. Hallelujah. The problem is, is sometimes we go to him with a very solid, please God do this, and then we walk away. Hallelujah. But these men followed after him. They annoyed him, if you will. I, I don't know if they, it was annoying to Jesus, but, but for anybody else, it probably would have been annoying. 
They were right on his tail. They kept following everywhere he went. The Bible says he went into a house, and they followed him into a house. They said, no, I'm not going to leave you until I get my blessing. I'm not going to leave you until I get my sight back. I'm not going to leave you until I see some change in my situation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We come to church one time. God doesn't do it. We go home and our faith is all flustered and, and falling apart. No, if he doesn't do it on Sunday, guess what? Come Monday. Come Wednesday. Come back Saturday for our discover prayer come Sunday hallelujah come as much as you can get in the prayer room but follow after Jesus follow after him and when they cried they didn't just cry out they didn't just sing or speak helpless words but they cried out and said thou son of David which was very specific They were not just calling on Jesus. They were not just calling on a man. But they were calling on the one that they considered to be the Messiah. That was a special messianic designation. When they said, thou son of David, they were calling upon the one who was coming to set the captives free, to restore sight to the blind, to heal the brokenhearted. Do you know who it is you're crying out to? Do you know who it is you're calling on? When you cry out to him, make sure you recognize he is powerful. He is great. He is my Messiah. He is my Savior. He is my Creator. He is my Healer. He is my Provider. Hallelujah. They followed Him. They cried out to Him. They recognized who He was. And then when Jesus says, believe ye that I am able to do this, they said with an emphatic, yes, Lord. Not, oh, well, maybe if, if, maybe if, if the situation is right, it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, if I felt like it that day. No, they believed absolutely 100%. Yes, Lord. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. You got to get it in your heart. A faith that says, yes, Lord. I believe. Yes, Lord. I believe we'll see revival. Yes, Lord. I believe my family's going to come back. Yes, Lord. I believe I'm going to be set free from my addiction. Yes, Lord. I believe I'm going to get healing. Yes, Lord. I believe it, Lord Jesus. I believe it. And Jesus touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. In proportion to your faith, you have received this miracle. Let me ask you, if the only thing that's holding God back or releasing God is the measure of faith that you have. Are you seeing your miracle? Now let me be clear here today. 
I believe that God wants us to have an extraordinary amount of faith. I believe that when we come into the house of the Lord, we should not only believe that He is, but that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. Hallelujah. That is the establishment of faith. You see, it's easy to believe that He is. We can believe that He is off in the distance. He is the Savior, the healer, the provider. But it's more difficult to step out and believe that He is going to do it when we call upon Him. Oh, but I still believe that if I follow after Him and if I cry out to Him and if I speak the right words and I declare who He is, He is going to do it. Everybody say He's going to do it. But the Bible tells us that every person's faith is a little different. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Romans 12 verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every person has been given a measure of faith. Romans 12, verse 4, as we continue on, it says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts, everybody say gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, look at this, and this is actually what led me down this road as I've been preaching about prophecy on Wednesday nights, says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. The question today, again, is where is your faith? What level of faith do you have? Do you have enough faith to be able to come to church? Well, obviously you do. You're here. Praise God. Do you have enough faith to talk to your coworkers about Jesus? Do you have enough faith to encourage your family members to come to church? Do you have enough faith when God tells you to speak to somebody a word, you step out and do it? Do you have enough faith to believe that God is able to heal somebody who is sick? What proportion of faith do you have? Can I tell you, when I first started out in this thing, I did not have a large proportion of faith. (laughs) I had the bare minimum, if you will. I had enough to believe that God was able to save me. Hallelujah. But that was about all that I had. 
It took a while for me to believe that I could let go of my sin and walk with the Lord in faith. It took a while for me to step behind the pulpit and to preach uh, my first message. It took a while for me to give my first word of prophecy. It took a while for me to pray for my first person and they be healed. Hallelujah. Because we all have a measure of faith. Let me be clear about this, though, before I move forward. Though we may have a measure of faith, we do not have a measure of grace. The grace of God does not determine upon how you feel, how I feel, our level of faith or belief or not. But Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, it tells us by what measurement His grace is given. It says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Hallelujah. That's the grace that He has. So this is isn't talking about salvation here today. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He fills us with his spirit. We are baptized. We repent of our sins. God forgives us because his grace is measured out not according to us. Hallelujah. His grace isn't measured out according to how good I am or how holy I am or how faithful I am. His grace is measured out according to how faithful Jesus was and how good Jesus was and how loving Jesus was. Hallelujah. You want to know the measure of his grace? It's this. It's enough that Jesus would put himself on the cross and die for you. Hallelujah, that's how much grace you get. It's the gift of Christ when he died. Oh, I don't know about you. That makes me excited and happy knowing that I don't have to work for that grace. I don't have to work to try to get the love of God. But he died on the cross for me. And now somebody needs to worship God today. Don't leave me stranded. Hallelujah, that's the grace that the Lord has given us. It's measured out by the gift of Christ. So today, it doesn't matter the measure of sin you have in your life. His grace is enough. That's that's the conclusion Paul came to, wasn't it? He had a thorn in his side. That thorn that constantly remained with him. An annoying little thing. We don't know exactly what the thorn was, but whatever it was, it gave Paul this conclusion. His grace is sufficient. Let me tell you, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. He's able to save you to the uttermost. His grace is sufficient because it's measured out according to the gift of Christ. You can't sin enough to lose the measure of his grace. You can't sin enough to lose the measure of his grace. You can't mess up enough. You can't fail him enough. Oh, God, I tried. That's all right. You try again and try again because his grace isn't proportionate to your Ability, but it's proportionate 
to the gift of Christ. Hallelujah. Faith, however, is different. There's a different understanding when it comes to faith. Not the faith that causes salvation, but faith in general to be used by God. Everybody, tell, everybody just say it out loud. God wants to use me. God absolutely wants to use you. But the question here today is what level of faith do you have for God to use? There's an old sermon by a man named Larry Booker. He's still a preacher today. And uh, you can look him up on YouTube. Very different kind of preacher. Um, but he preached a sermon and it stuck in my heart my head from all these years. It's something that still comes back to me every now and then. His sermon title was this, What Level Do You Want to Play? What level do you want to play on? He, he spoke in reference to maybe modern video games, and if you are familiar at all with modern video games, there's often several different uh, categories of difficulty. Easy, medium, hard, extra hard. And you determine to what level you want to commit to this game. What level? Some of them may take longer to play. Some of them just more difficult for sure. It requires a little bit more skill. It requires a little bit more commitment to understanding the craft. It requires a little bit more understanding of the controls. But at the end of the day, I choose at what level I want to play at. And I feel today to tell somebody, you get to choose at what level you get used by. You get to choose the level are you simply somebody that just comes to church? Trust me, I'm not trying to knock that because we need people who are just coming to church. And listen, if that's all you're able to do, just come to church. Amen. Hallelujah. But we also need people who will step it up. We'll say, you know what? I think I can commit a little bit of my time to the Lord. And then some people who can step it up a little bit further and, and you get in your, on your face in prayer and you have a prayer life and you seek after God. Then more, hallelujah, you might step it up and you say, okay, I want to pray for more people and I want to pray for them in the, in physically, not just in a room, but I'm going to pray for them in the altar call. I'm going to pray that God would heal them. Then you step it up a bit and you to step out in faith and you say, you know what? I believe God. God is going to heal you right now. Hallelujah. That's another level of faith. Another level of faith is standing behind a pulpit and preaching and declaring the word of God. And listen, your levels of faith may be different. There may be things that are more greater faith to you than for me. But at the end of the day, the question is, what is your level of faith? 
Because I can promise you, your ministry, what God's going to do through you, it will be according to your faith and the determination in your heart that says, I don't care if I look foolish. I don't care if I make a fool of myself. I don't care if everybody thinks I'm crazy. I'm going to step out. I'm going to pray for somebody. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to give a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. Hallelujah. I don't care anymore because I've got the faith that says I can do it. Oh, I believe that I can do it. Hallelujah. And if you don't believe me, just read the Gospels. Over and over and over again, Jesus says, gives a measurement to the faith that they had. Over and over again, Matthew 8, 24, the disciples are in a boat and waves are rocking because the storm is coming in and they're fearful and they go to the Lord and they said these words, Lord, save us, we perish. And this is what Jesus said to him them in verse 26 uh, why are ye faithful or fearful O ye of little faith let me tell you something if we're going to face the storms of life we're going to need a greater measurement of faith that doesn't say we perish but it says we're going to make it through this we're going to come out on the other side because Jesus is in the boat let me tell you if you got Jesus in the boat why are you afraid at all I understand calling out to him but don't declare we perish declare he's going to save us He's going to make a way where there is no way. He's going to cut a pathway. Whatever he's going to do, he's going to provide for us. Hallelujah. You see, little faith seeks to place descriptions on storms like perish. This storm's going to be my destruction. Hallelujah. Praise God. Little faith looks at the storm and thinks what the storm can do to them. But great faith looks at the storm and thinks what God can do through the storm. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't want little faith. I want great faith. Peter, Jesus comes walking out on the water. The storm is still going. This is another situation in Matthew 14. The storm is still brewing. Jesus is walking on the water. Peter asks, can I come out of the ship and walk on water to you, Jesus? He says, come. Peter stepped out. Sounds like great faith to me. He stepped out on the water. He began to walk on the water. But when he saw the wind, he grew very afraid. He began to sink and he cried out to the Lord and said, Save me! 
And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him up, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Let me ask you something. How much faith does it take to walk on water? Because he said, you just have little faith. And little faith was enough for you to walk out on water. It wasn't enough to sustain you, though. All of us can have a little faith that gets us to church, gets us down in the altar, gets us believing. But great faith, it sustains us. That means I feel the same weight of the situation on Monday as I did on Sunday. And on Tuesday, the storm isn't knocking me over. I'm not sinking in my doubt and fear, but I'm holding on. Why? Because it takes great faith to sustain that belief system. Oh, anybody in this place have great faith today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When the disciples misunderstood Christ's words about the leaven of the Pharisees, they questioned among themselves, well, should we have brought bread? What should we do? Oh, no, we have no bread. How are we going to eat? They started to lose their mind. Sounds like me almost every week, praise God. God, i got to provide the finances. How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for that? Hallelujah. And this is exactly what Jesus said to them. He says, O ye of little faith. Why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye brought no bread. Do ye not yet understand? Do you not remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets ye took up? How do you not understand yet? I am the provider. And I don't just provide little. I provide a lot. And not only am I able to take little and turn it into a lot, but I can make it to where you'll have baskets left over. Oh, ye of little faith. Jesus said in the middle of his discussion to the disciples about his provision, he's talking about the lilies of the valley and how that that God clothed him and how that this Solomon himself in all his glory was not clothed like the lilies of the valley. And then he says in Luke 12, 28, if then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe ye? Then he says this, seemingly out of nowhere, oh, ye of little faith he's a provider he's a provider he's going to provide your needs he's going to take care of the situation we just got to have big extraordinary faith and keep doing what God has called us to do come on hallelujah do you have great faith today And then we see several times where Jesus declared 
that they had great faith. The centurion, he believed in Matthew 8. Jesus said, I'll come to your house to heal your servant. Yet the centurion says, no, you don't even need to come to my house. You just speak the word, and I know he's going to be healed. He says, I believe you've got servants in the spiritual realm that will go forth and do your bidding if you just speak the word. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not at all in Israel. Hallelujah. That means that I need to believe great faith is speaking it and believing it is going to happen speaking it and believing that even if the situation or the atmosphere right now does not show that it's happening I'm still going to believe if I spoke it in the spirit and I had faith Jesus is going to do it Jesus is going to do it Jesus is going to do it The Canaanite woman's great faith caused her to step over a dispensation and into the dispensation of grace. Jesus spoke to her, even though she too said, as the blind men have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with this devil. Jesus, who was restricted in that time, That dispensation of the Jews had not yet poured out his spirit, had not yet torn the the, the veil, had not yet removed the restrictions and poured out his spirit on the Gentiles. Yet because she would ignore his, his words, he was being nasty to her, even called her a dog. Hallelujah. She ignored those comments and she said, Lord, don't the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table? Then Jesus said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Hallelujah. Great faith says, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what other everybody else thinks. I don't care how it looks like. I need to get a hold of God. I need a miracle. I need the Lord to make a way. That's great faith. Oh, hallelujah. Great faith ignores everything else. Hallelujah. And goes to the Lord in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to build somebody's faith here today. You see, because if we revisit Romans chapter 12, we can see very clearly that the Bible says he gives unto every man the measure of faith. I absolutely believe that. Yet where I believe we misinterpret it is we misinterpret it to believe that God has given us this measure of faith, and that's the only measure of faith I will ever have. 
In fact, the Bible seems to declare otherwise. Why would God point out the small amount of faith the disciples had over and over and over again, if not so that they could have an increase? And this is what I want to end this on. I believe God wants to give an increase of faith in this house. Yes, the Lord has dealt to every man a measure of faith, and he is still still dealing. Oh, praise God. He handed it out, and he's still handing it out. What proof do you have of that, Aaron? Pastor Mian, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 19 if you could throw that up. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. I'm sorry, actually, let's go to Luke 17 and 5. That's the same story. It's different. We'll go to that in just a second. Luke 17 and 5. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Increase our faith. This morning, if you will allow him to, the Lord will increase your faith. Verse 6, let's look at the Lord's response. The Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. We see this same understanding in Matthew 17, 19, where he says, they came to Jesus and asked him, why could we not cast him out? Let me tell you, it's because your measure of faith. He says to them, verse 20, because of your unbelief, For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now we got to understand the context here. There's two points that Jesus is making. First of all, he's making this point. God can do a lot with a little faith. And today, if you came through those doors and you kind of had to drug your, drag yourself in because of the cares of this world, work and family and all of the things coming against you, the cost of Christmas and and presents and parties and if you came in feeling just already worn out let me tell you that's all right because even a little bit of faith can move a mountain even a little bit of faith can walk on water even a little bit of faith can do it hallelujah because it's not that the faith alone is sufficient but it's what God is able to do with a little bit of faith the reason why they said Lord increase our faith and Jesus brings up a mustard seed if you could show that first picture it's as tiny as a mustard seed it's a little 
But he says, even with that little mustard seed, if you could go to the next slide. Nope, go backwards. The mountains. Even with that mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and it shall be removed. Go back to the mustard seed. The second point he was making is that I can do a lot with this seed because faith is like this tiny mustard seed that is so small and seems so insignificant that it would seem like nothing could come of it. But God says, when I'm finished, this is what it's going to look like. Go ahead and put up the image of the tree. That is a mustard tree. That is what comes from that tiny seed. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I never thought I could stand behind a pulpit and preach. It's all right. You just have a mustard seed of faith. But could you explore today how far God can take it? How great he can transform that little seed. I never thought I'd pray for somebody and see them get healed. Yeah, it's because you only had that mustard seed of faith. But look what God can do. He can increase your faith. I never thought I'd prophesy. Oh, but look what God can do. I never thought I would pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. (laughs) But look what God can do. This morning, I'd like to speak to the mustard seeds here and declare that you will grow into a tree if you will just simply put it in the right environment and let God take control. He will increase your faith. You will step out. You will see miracles performed. You will prophesy. You will pray people through to the Holy Ghost. You will bring people to church. You will baptize people. Your family will be saved. God will heal your body. God will take away that sin and that addiction. Come on, somebody, today. I'm preaching to your mustard seed of faith and declaring it's about to become a tree. All you got to do is come and say, Lord, increase my faith. Help me to step out. Help me to declare it if we could stand today. That's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to be. You walked in and all you needed was God for yourself. But one day you're going to be a tree where even the birds come and dwell in it. Hallelujah. Right now, you just had enough to get you here. Oh, but when God's done with you, you're going to be victorious. You're going to be triumphant. You're going to have boldness. You're going to do miracles. 
I'm done preaching. I'd love for you to come down like the disciples. They took Jesus aside, the Bible said, and said, increase our faith. God, I know. Come on, won't you speak? 